Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Here's the deal. Yesterday, my guy Kyrios lost his mind, and he lost a match, and then he went nuts. Here is my guy Nick Kyrios after losing yesterday in the U.S. Open. It, this is awesome. This is what everybody wants to do. This is how everybody wants to roll when they lose something, but most of us don't. <laughs> waxed a couple of them. Can we show that again? Is it possible to cue that up again? That's too good. Kyrgios just, he gets beat. He just came off an unbelievable match where he beat the number one player in the country. He loses to a very good player, and then he loses his collective mind. All right, we don't have to show it. There we go. Let's see it. Shakes hands. He goes over, and now it's on, ladies. There it goes. There goes Racket. Oh, he ain't happy about it. Here goes number two. The guy is a complete idiot. I mean, let's be honest. He is a complete fool. But you know what? He's our fool, and I like watching him. So there you go. All right, let me show you what happened to me yesterday. I had to deal with this after a spirited pickleball match. This is how my wife handled winning. She just got to the net, stuck it in my face, no more one. And me, I just took the picture. No sulking, no whining. Loser had to take down the net. Got to live in a little cul-de-sac. We put a pickleball court up there, and I got beat yesterday, but I handled it like a damn man. No rackets were thrown. No temper tantrums, even though my wife, the lovely Lee Ross Dockage, Went number one on me. I didn't get mad. I handled it with class. That's my favorite Chicago thing. Man, that guy's got class. I handled it with class. Kyrgios, on the other hand, did not. Kyrgios is a maniac. Kyrgios will never be as good as he's supposed to be because he is a maniac. You know I hate the media. It is not a dislike. Actually, it's not hate. It's I don't respect. I don't respect the media. I don't respect guys, well that I, well, not all, most, that have never been in a locker room to do anything other than ask questions. If they tell interesting stories, I'm good with them. But when they're entitled little jackasses, I am not good with them. And particularly when they are, well, frankly, they've never done nothing. Yesterday, or yeah, yesterday, Brian Kelly comes in after losing. And really, it's not a uh, it's not an obligation that he meets with these clowns. It's not an obligation that he has to sit there and explain himself, but you do it because you do it. 
And one of the things that I always was amazed at was I would sit out there and I would look at the media and I would say, man, what a bunch of freaking punks, slugs, about the weekend. uninformed, so, unprofessional. Uh-oh. People are out there. And I'm sitting there looking at them going, hey, uh, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't think that any of them know a damn thing about what I'm talking about. And if I told them about what really happened, they would have no idea. They would literally have no idea if I told them what really happened. And they're dressed poorly. They're unprofessional. They're horrible. Apparently, at least somebody told me this is a woman named Leah Van. Now, Leah graduated from UT in 2017. She graduated from Medill school at Northwestern in 20. She's been doing this all of two years. She's sassy. Good for Leah. So here's the exchange. Media members, I think, including Leah, uh, walk in late. Now, I don't know whether this is Leah. I was told this is Leah by some guy named Michael Schuler on Twitter. He's all mad. You called out Leah as an unprofessional D-bag. That's like calling the pot... The pot calling the kettle black. She's an awesome reporter. You should JSTFU. If you took the time to gain context on the whole situation, you'd realize what an A uh, dollar sign, dollar sign you truly are. Hashtag Jackwagon. That's from Michael Schuler, who for some reason follows me. He's defending Leah. All right, let's hear the exchange where Leah gets, gets her two cents in. Go, Leah! And, and now we're uh, excited about the weekend. So with that, we'll, uh, we'll open it up to this late-arriving uh, media crowd that uh, must have uh, enjoyed the, the weekend. Um, that's usually $10 um, that we put in the kitty. Um, for, we, we'll have a big bash at the end of the year at my place. <laughs> I don't think it has anything to do with winning. I think it has to do with being on time. Go get him, Leah. Yay, you showed him. You've been doing this two years. Yay. See, media is such an entitled bunch of D-bags. I mean, they try to live the life. They're trying so hard. They're so jealous that people like coaches make so much money. They're so sad. Then, well, when they get their chance... Well, maybe if you weren't losing, we'd be on time. There you go, Leah, who I would imagine is just a typical media person that's only been in a locker room to ask questions. And I'm sure I'm some kind of ist for saying it, but I'd say if it was a dude. Uh, if it was a dude, I would say, hey, man, it's the same thing with a dude. I mean, what are you going to do? Go get him, Leah. You showed him. Yeah. You went ham on him. Yeah. You got him. All you showed Leah was that you are as unprofessional as everybody says. You are as untrustworthy as every media member says. And frankly, if I was your boss, I'd fire you. But you'll probably get a raise because, well, frankly, that's what we do. <laughs> Look, I don't give a damn. Get mad at me all you want. But as I said, if it was a dude, I'd be saying the same thing. Uh, go get him, Leah. This I like. Coach Ed Ordra basically mailed it in for LSU after winning the national championship with Joe Burrow. 
Coach Ed Orgeron said something like, well, you know, some guys in coaching have a shelf life. Some guys is 50 years. Some guys is 12 years. Some guys is six. I would agree with him. He said, my shelf life was six. All right. Well, I agree. Mine was probably five in one place, and I had to leave. I was too hard on everybody, yelling, screaming, throwing. You know what I mean. I was a curios kind of a coach. But I love, I love, because it's true, what Ed Orgeron said right here. Listen to Coach O. This Arkansas touchdown club, last week they gave us John Gruden. This week they give us Ed Orgeron. That's the go-to place for your alumni groups. Let's hear from Coach O. I'm so grateful of my time, fellas, you. That was my opportunity. You know, coaches got a shelf. Some coaches got 50 years. Some coaches got 12. Mine was six. Good. I got to tell you, we had a meeting. Say, Coach, things are not going well. No shit. Ray Charles can see that. (laughs) 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 And they were good. And, And Scott Woodward is a friend of mine today. Really, really, a lot of respect for the way they handled me. So what's uh, next? Well, well, I got to tell you this, though. Say, Coach, you got $17.1 million on your contract. We're going to give it to you. (laughs) I said, what time do you want me to leave? What door do you want me out of, brother? (laughs) Boy, that's true. Man, is that true. Oh, man, is that true. I tell people all the time, there's no pressure on the coach at LSU. You can say whatever you'd like, but there's no pressure on the coach at LSU. Uh, Ed Orgeron loses. They're going to give him $17 million. What would they have to pay Nick Saban, Jimbo Fisher, Lane Kiffin? You know where there's pressure on? The Mac. Yeah, there's pressure on the Mac. I was excited when I decided not to renew my contract that they were going to let me keep my car my phone from March till July 1st. Are you kidding me? There's pressure on dudes that are coaching in the MAC. Maybe not so much anymore because the contracts that they have now, based on the backs like myself and Charlie Coles and Dan Hipshire and Bob Donawalt, yeah, I mean, based on us, we elevated the league. We put pros, but we weren't making no 17 million. There's no pressure on the coach at LSU. There's not a damn bit of pressure on that guy. You know what there is? Hey, man. What door do I leave? And how quick do you want me to go on? 17 million. Ed Orgeron looks like he's in pretty good shape. You know what a guy that just got fired at Western Michigan's doing? Head coach at Quincy. Quincy College. Don't, that's where the real pressure is. It ain't being the head coach at Indiana with a $10 million buyout. It ain't being the head coach at Michigan or Ohio State or Arkansas, or USC, or Oregon, or Arizona. Hell no. There's no pressure on those gigs. Are you kidding me? None. Zero. Zip. Nada. None. Not even a little. Not even sort of. Maybe kind of. 17.1 million to not work. When I got into media, my brother told me very simply, don't think for a second that any contract you're ever going to sign is going to be like a coaching contract. And he wasn't wrong. He was not wrong, not even a little. He was so right, it it make your head spin. 
But you know what? All right. You live and you learn, right? You live and you learn. So anyway, that's the deal. <laughs> Think about it. $17.1 million to go away. And you guys, I have it so wrong. You think there's so much pressure at Florida. Please. What are you going to do? Fire me? What are you going to do? Pay me $20 million? What time do you want me to leave? And what door do you want me walking out of? It's literally that simple. Literally. Man. Hey, the Chicago Bears, ladies and gentlemen, the Bears are going to be headed out. Yep, they are going to be headed out of Chicago, and I don't blame them. Why would you stay there? Why would you stay in a stadium that the Parks Department runs? You don't even run the stadium if you're the Chicago Bears. You don't even run it. You have nothing to do with the stadium. They renovated it. Everybody acts like they renovated uh, Soldier Field 10 minutes ago. It was 2002. They made it look like a spaceship. I don't know about you, but there's been a lot in this world with NFL teams that has been done since 2002. Children, please. 2002 was 20 years ago. 20 years is a lifetime in facilities renovation. Who the hell wants to live in that city, or at least who in the hell wants to own a franchise on the south side of that city? The murder rate's through the roof, people getting beat up, people getting arrested, mugged, and you got a complete clown, and I don't mean this figuratively, I mean this literally, a complete clown as a mayor. I mean hypocritical and stupid and unaware, uh, Whatever other words you want to say, and every weekend in that particular area, the south side of Chicago, 50 to 100 people are getting shot, dozens murdered every weekend. If I'm the Chicago Bears, I'm doing exactly what they're doing. What are they doing, by the way, you ask? Well, let me tell you what they are doing. They put down, haven't closed on it yet, to buy a 326-acre piece of property in Arlington Heights. Now, for those of you that are aware, Arlington Park Racetrack was in Arlington Heights. They bought the entire Arlington Park Racetrack complex, 326 acres of it. Haven't closed yet, though. And what they're going to do is what they should do. Build a multi-purpose, multi-use center. Meaning, what do you want? You want places to park? Thank God. You can't park at Soldier Field. What do you want? Well, they got air. They're going to have shops. They're going to have all, I'm sure, top golf, things of that nature will be in that area. It won't start until 2026. That's when the lease closes on Soldier Field. But as a person that grew up in and around Chicago, I'm sitting there going, that's the worst kept secret ever. And the clown that is the mayor of Chicago tried to put out a proposal, and she can, she should to at least look like she won't be the mayor that loses Soldier Field. But the fact of the matter is, the city is under horrendous leadership. The Bears are, well, for, and this is unbelievable in the world we live in, they're partners with the frickin' Parks Department. Now, if you know anything about Chicago, it's the most corrupt political city in the country. My brother tried to do Chicago a solid and build like a 250 to $300 million data center. It was so corrupt, he said, screw you, I'm going to Hammond, Indiana. 
I know from personal experience, that personal experience through my brother about how corrupt it is. Why would anybody want to deal with Cook County? Good for the Bears. Good for Bears ownership. Get the hell out of there and don't ever look back. Don't even look back. Like Sodom and Gomorrah, don't turn around. Don't turn around. Don't do it. Don't do it. You'll turn to stone. Get out of there. I mean, get out of there so fast. Look at ESPN celebrating Dawn Staley. Yay! Life-changing footwear by Dawn Staley. Dawn Staley, professional victim. Yay, Rock, go fight win. Hey, if you want to follow what I'm talking about with Dawn Staley, just follow Clay. Has anybody from Duke, and why is it always Duke that gets into these fake things? Remember the lacrosse deal in 2005? Why is it always Duke? That gets into these fake things. All these dookies. I saw Billis wrote a big, long, lawyer-type thing about the hypocrisy, horrendous behavior by BYU. Billis is a lawyer. There's been not one shred of evidence that what was alleged happened. In fact, the godmother of the lady at Duke turned out that she has perpetuated so much anti-white fraudulent behavior, she's not to be believed, and she was apparently the person behind all this. Interesting. No apologies coming, because the left doesn't ever have to apologize. Ever. Never, ever, ever. And I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Georgia moves to number two. Let me explain this to you. Anybody with two eyes can see that Georgia's the second best team in the country. Hell, they may be the best team in the country. I said it yesterday on the show, and I caught a lot of hell from people. Doggers, you don't know football. Let me tell you one thing I do know, and that's football. I know great-looking guy how to marry up and football. Maybe not in that order. But I'll tell you this much. When I watch Georgia, I'm like, yeah, well, I know we love Alabama. Yay, Rock, go fight, win. But damn. And if I were Stetson Bennett, my next call last night would have been to ESPN. What's that lady's name who's a professional victim, too? She's always breaking into ESPN coverage and crying about something. L. Duncan? L. Duncan's on there saying, we love you, Stetson Bennett. I'd be like, no, no, no. I don't want your stupid ass loving me. No, 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 no. You're horrible. Never, ever, ever underestimate your greatness by those that don't like you. Man, if people that like L. Duncan don't like you, you're rocking and rolling. That's why I never get upset about the Indy Star writing stuff at me. I make fun of them. If the folks at the Indy Star don't like me, I'm doing great. If I were Stetson Bennett, I'd call ESPN and I'd say, look, will you tell that idiot L. Duncan to keep my name out of her mouth unless she's showing highlights? No, seriously, please. No, no, really, really. Flattered, nice, wonderful. But let's keep my name out of her mouth, please. Can we do that? Thank you. Uh, Anyway, Georgia number two after Alabama, Ohio State, Texas A&M, Michigan. You know what I'm talking about. It's all the same folk. But I will tell you this. You can get mad, glad, angry, or sad at me. But when I watched Georgia, I went, whoa, baby. This squad is, ooh, good. Not sort of, kind of, maybe, okay, good. No, this squad is damn good. You ever see the fat white guy with the shaved head and the white T-shirt with the gold chain? Whenever anybody dunks, he goes, and he runs on the court like an idiot. 
think the guy that Jermaine O'Neal punched out on the court during the malice in the palace, some little fat white dude wearing some man's jersey. That's what I did there. Damn! When I saw Georgia. Don't at me either. You tried to at me yesterday. You can't at me about Georgia. Don't even try it. And right now, Stetson Bennett's Heisman Trophy winner. Damn! We should do a segment called Damn! Today we're doing what the hell. Georgia number two, Alabama number one. Not going to lie, no interest in watching Alabama take on Utah State. We'll get into the games of the weekend as we move through the weekend. This is sad, man. This is really sad. Uh, February 4th, 2001. Uh, Andy Reid's son, Britt, driving home, had a couple beers at the facility. Apparently, uh, it's one of these deals where, number one, you should never be driving drunk, not even with a couple beers. Number two, when you do that, things seem to fall apart for you. He looked over his shoulder, allegedly. Uh, someone was helping somebody who ran out of gas on the side of the road. He hits him, a five-year-old kid, Ariel Young, was injured, coma for 11 days, man. Please don't drive drunk. Please, you know, do yourself a favor. If you have a beer, two beers, just, you know what, call an Uber. Figure it out in the morning. Hell, have 10 beers. Figure it out in the morning. Call Uber. Don't drive drunk, please, because I'm telling you, I saw it happen in college to uh, one of my best friends. Friends, you know, you could say it wasn't his fault. It was his fault, whatever. He's driving down the highway, uh, driving down the road. Another person came. They were on a motorcycle, wiped out. Girl slid across, ran her over, killed her. And I got to tell you, he had had a couple glasses of wine. Next thing you know, he's on trial for his life. Do yourself a favor. Stop. Don't. Uh, Britt Reed was supposed to go on trial September 26th. He initially pled innocent, not guilty, to charges of driving while intoxicated and all that. He did plead guilty uh, yesterday, so he faces possibly seven years. Who knows what's going to happen? You know, uh, and, and people are human beings. Do you want to make an example out of him? If you, let it, if you let him off, are you going to be criticized because, well, he's Andy Reid's son and the Kansas City Chiefs are a powerful entity in Kansas City? I don't know. I just know this. I hate to see so many lives ruined. You got a little girl in a coma. You got a guy who possibly could go to jail. You got a father who already had to grieve over one son's passing. Now he's got this. You got family members of the child who have had to watch their child in a coma for 11 days, eventually released from the hospital. Don't know. I, I don't have any information whether or not the child is okay right now or not. I don't. I don't make things up on this show. But I got to tell you, it's just a tragedy. It's just a damn tragedy. And I hate it. I do. Uh, speaking of legal issues, Montrez Harrell. Do you know who Montrez Harrell is? Montrez Harrell is a pretty good basketball player. Montrez Harrell is a genius that, for whatever the reason, decided it was a good idea, even though he's an NBA player, we'd had such a control of him that Montrez Harrell decided he got to become a weed dealer. All right. So Montrez, a weed dealer, Montrez beats a felony rap, gets it cooked down to a misdemeanor. By all accounts, Montrez Harrell's a pretty nice guy, but it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. So Montrez Harrell decides, well, you know what? Uh, he had felony charge of marijuana, marijuana trafficking reduced to misdemeanor possession. 
Charge going to be expunged from his record after 12 months. Now, people say, well, you know, it's just weed. Hey, look, I don't know. All I know is it was at one time a felony charge. He went from that to getting a two-year deal. Good for him. Not much by NBA standards. A lot by our standards. Two-year, $5.2 million. I, look, I whatever. He's going to Philadelphia. It's the league minimum for him and his level. So, you know what? Life comes at you fast. You go from, I don't know, a few months ago, you got a felony charge. You got a bunch of weed in the car. You're in Kentucky. Next thing you know, you got a good lawyer. He gets it down to a misdemeanor, not even a slap on the wrist, or I guess a slap on the wrist. Two minutes later, you're making $2.6 million a year playing in the NBA. All right. There you go. All right. Hey, Dan, this is from Super Bowl Shuffler. Uh, I remember a while back the Bears were talking about a move to Indiana. Media headlines were calling them the Gary Bears. That ain't happening. (laughs) You know I love, you know I love Gary, Indiana. You all know I love Gary, Indiana. You all know that Gary, Indiana, Maryville, Indiana, Northwest Indiana is my home, but they ain't never going to be the Gary Bears, and I'll tell you why. All you got to do, do this next time you're in Chicago. Next time you're in Chicago and you're going to drive south, meaning, I don't know, you're going back to Indy or you're going to Lafayette or you're going to Louisville or you're driving back to Nashville, get off on Broadway. So here it comes. You're coming out of Chicago. You're on the toll road. Here's Broadway. Broadway's north-south. Toll road's east-west. All right? Get off on Broadway and head north. Go right down Broadway. You're going to (laughs) see... You're going to see a city that is uninhabitable. You're going to see the saddest stuff you're ever going to see. You really are. You're going to see some of the saddest stuff. You're going to see buildings half torn down. They're not going to be the Gary. Nuh-uh. It ain't happening, bro. No. Unfortunately, it ain't going to happen. It is not going to be the Gary Bears. It could be the Arlington Heights Bears, but it ain't going to be the Gary Bears, not even a little bit. Look, I got Ducey against whatever that lady's name is, Jean-Pierre. You're not going to believe. I, you literally will not believe Frank Kaminsky. Remember Frank Kaminsky? When last we saw Frank Kaminsky, he was punking out of a fight on the sideline of an NBA game. The White House COVID, COVID director is going to tell you why God gave us two arms. Yeah, he is. He is. I got a cop that can't stop getting after prostitutes. Not getting after them in terms of arresting them. Oh, no. Oh, no. Not that. I mean, you know, getting after them, baby. You know what I... Yeah, you do. And then I love when animals swim in pools. I had a friend, Seth Greenberg. Seth Greenberg lives in Avon, Connecticut. You see him on game day. Seth will call me up and go, hey, Dan, I'm driving into my neighborhood. There's a bear sitting right on our neighborhood sign. I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, yeah, they're all over. I go, what do you do? Well, I keep the dog inside. Then I went to Seth Greenberg's daughter's wedding, and you know what? All these guys that live in his neighborhood had pictures of bears in their backyard, in their pool. One of them had him eating, out of, eating the food off of his uh, barbecue like it was hot. The bear took it off, threw it on the ground. Let me explain something to you. And I don't know how you all feel about this, but I don't want to walk outside worrying about bears. 
couple years ago, we had a hawk. It hit me. I had to go to the doctor. It hit me three times. It hit like 35 people in my neighborhood. It would come at you. Boom. Control the air. Control the war. Hawk was one thing. Guys in my neighborhood, we were all mowing our grass with helmets on, if you can believe that. That's a true story. If you went outside, you went like this as you walked around. Moms had to shelter their kids. True story. At the school bus line, my wife would go walking around the neighborhood, walking a dog in one hand with an umbrella in the other. That's all a true story. I got cut by a freaking hawk. Hawk is one thing, bear another. I don't want to live in a world where bears can come at me. I don't want to do it. You'll see a bear in the backyard. All right, when we come back, Ducey, baby. Ducey, you the man. Jean-Marie, Pierre, whatever, you ain't the man. Frank Kaminsky, good for you, baby, when we come back. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. You know, one of the weird things I just saw this as I was scrolling through Twitter, one of the oddest things is we've never found out who the Supreme Court leaker was. Hmm. Odd. Also, it's hard to imagine going through Barron Trump's room before going through Hunter Biden's room. That's one of the funnier things that I have seen and read about on Twitter. But one of the things I go, good for you, when we last saw Frank Kaminsky, I call him bullshit Frank. When we last saw BS Frank, he was punking out of a fight on the uh, sidelines of an NBA game. He wouldn't defend his teammates. He was being what Frank Kaminsky is, which is a mouth, a fraud, and a coward. I've always said that. But I got to give Frank Kaminsky credit. Frank Kaminsky is getting married to Ashley Brewer of ESPN. Now, here's the backstory on this. Not on this, but I'm old and all my friends, I'm on a group message, and every one of them loves Ashley Brewer. Like, she's really good on TV. Most of the folk on TV on SportsCenter are horrendous right now. They're on there for reasons that don't include being good at their job. Let's just be honest. And I'm talking male, female, white, black, doesn't matter. It's horrendous. But Ashley Brewer is really good. And Frank Kaminsky, God bless his soul. Good for him. Something good needed to happen to BS Frank. I mean, Frank had muddled around. Frank had a good career going in the NBA. People don't realize that Frank Kaminsky was at one point the college basketball player of the year. And he goes to the NBA, and he's pretty good. Like, he started averaging 11, and then he wanted to be Pat McAfee. And he ain't Pat McAfee. By the way, congratulations. I text Pat this morning on joining game day. But see, Kaminsky wanted to be funny guy. He wanted to be funny media guy. He wanted to be clever, cute media savant. Well, he's Frank Kaminsky. Ain't going to happen. And his career went in the toilet. 
Had a nice cup of coffee in a playoff game once or twice, chugged a beer, but when it came time to fighting for his teammates, Frank Kaminsky did exactly what he did. But we say salute, Frank Kaminsky, for marrying a very smart, beautiful woman. We're shocked, but we're for you. All right, let's move on to the next. This is awesome. Peter Ducey of Fox asked whatever Jean-Pierre – look, let me back up. You got to understand something. People always say to me, well, you lost your dream job, head coach, Indiana basketball. Totally not true. No. My dream job, in order, one, shortstop for the Chicago Cubs. Two, pitcher for the Chicago Cubs. Three, replace Bob Love with the Chicago Bulls. You don't know who Bob Love is, but he's my all-time idol. I wore number 10 every minute of every day until I went to Indiana. And then... It was press secretary, president of the United States. That's what I wanted to be, press secretary to the president of the United States. And for a long time, I could name them in order. I mean, I could. I, I mean, I could go one after the other, after the other, after the other. I mean, I actually had set up a shadow day. I think it was with Ari Fleischer. A friend of mine was a speaker of the house in Ohio, and he set up a shadow day where I would go and just hang out, see what the press secretary actually did. Something happened. Something in the White House happened. It got canceled. Maybe I don't even know. But I never did. I've always wanted to be the press secretary to the president of the United States. If anybody has an in and I can go shadow, I don't care, Republican or Democrat, it doesn't matter. So regardless of what any of you think, and I've already had people come at me today. I don't care. We have the dumbest press secretary that we have ever had. We have a press secretary that cannot tell the truth. We have a press secretary that reflects the White House for whom she works. And I don't blame her. She's like, you know, Goodell. She's the human shield. But this exchange between Karine Jean-Pierre, who is the press secretary to the president, and Fox's Peter Ducey was awesome. Here's Peter Ducey, here's whatever her name is. The new attention on the MAGA Republicans. You tweeted in 2016 oh, Trump stole an election. You I was waiting, Peter, when you were going to ask me that question. Well, okay, here we go. <laughs> you tweeted Trump stole an election. You tweeted Brian Kemp stole an election. If denying election results yeah. is extreme now, yeah. So let's that? let's be really clear that that comparison that you made is just ridiculous. I have How been I have been ridiculous. well. You're asking me you're asking me a question. Yes. Let me answer it. And you said it was Wait, ridiculous. I was I was talking specifically at that time of what was happening with voting rights and the what was in danger of voting rights. That's what I was speaking to at the time. Yeah, she's lying. I mean, what do you mean to tell you? Look, you lied. Hey, my thoughts change. What do you want me to do? I don't give a damn if she's in bed, literally, with CNN. I don't give a damn about any of it. Just tell the truth. You did. And now you're on the other side. I mean, if you knew that answer was coming, why didn't you have a better, or the question was coming, why didn't you have a better response? I guess that's the best response. Now, here's the deal. We all know this. We all understand that she's not going to be followed up by the mainstream media 
Uh, she is not going to be held her feet to the fire, certainly by her lover with CNN. I mean, you're not going to see any of that. What you're going to see is somebody saying, hey, yeah, she's right. That's what she did. No, she did. No, no, she didn't. She tweeted that Trump stole the election, that Brian Kemp stole the Georgia election, and now apparently even complaining about an election makes you MAGA in this very, very, very unifying White House. This White House unifies us. Well, if you don't agree with this White House, we might raid your house. If you don't agree with this White House, we've got 87,000 IRS. I anticipate, I do, I anticipate being audited. I've never been audited, but based on this show, I anticipate. I'm surprised she didn't say the question was racist. I mean, hell, you can go any direction you want. Sexist, misogynist, how dare you question me? You can go any way you want when you're on the right side of the media, actually the left side of the very left media, but you get my point. You can say whatever you want. Nobody's going to question. What, what, give us something. You're only saying that because I'm a woman. You're only saying that, I mean, you say it, and nobody is going to question. And again, I go back to something. I don't understand how you can sit there as a self-respecting media person and not have questions like that. Like, how does CBS, NBC, ABC, Fox does it at least, how do they sit there, USA Today, all these major newspapers, and not think that that is a legitimate question? Like, how is that not a legitimate question? This is the person standing in front of us telling us that we are fascists, bad people, threats, if you question an election, when in fact, I'll play it for you every day if you'd like, that's all Hillary Clinton and the rest did in 2016, but now it's bad. Now it's an unacceptable threat to our democracy to question an election. You'll never, ever, ever hear anybody question what her answer was. Of course she wasn't doing that. Of course she did what adults do. We all do it. Run to Twitter. I got to run to Twitter. And I got to tell everybody, Trump stole the election. Oh, wait a second. Now I'm press secretary? Now I'm what? There's no bigger hypocrites in the world. There's none. Zero. Zip. I live it every single day with the Indianapolis Star. Every day. Every day. Say whatever you want. Do whatever you want. No one's going to question you. Man, well, I got to tell you. I got to tell you, uh, somebody should question it. And it's a legitimate question. Again, we all know. That's why we just laugh. See, conservatives need to be a little tougher. But that's why we just laugh at things like this. We're like, this is so idiotic. And this particular operation thinks we're all so stupid that we're just going to go ahead and say, okay, you got to vote them out of office. Uh, I got one other thing. Hang on one second. I got a couple we want to go to, but this is breaking news. All right. This is breaking news. A woman was arrested for skipping out on the tab at an airport restaurant. 
She was at, at Harry Reid International Airport last Wednesday. She left Chili's Tex-Mex. Chili's Tex-Mex restaurant without paying her bill. Las Vegas police were called. They found this hospitality professional sleeping near the checkpoint. She was being harassed, she claimed, Hend Bustama. She was being harassed because cops had never seen anyone as pretty as her. That's right. In Vegas. Yeah, she is. Yeah. That's right. Man, she's so hot, we got to arrest her. There you go. Hey, the White House COVID doctor is telling us why God gave us two arms. Let's play it, Dylan. Dylan's working hard today. Ladies and gentlemen, shout Dylan out, man. Ryan's off today. Dylan is working like a crazy person today. Dylan, what do you got? I really believe this is why God gave us two arms, one for the flu shot and the other one for the COVID shot. I really believe this is why God gave us two arms, one for the flu shot and the other one for the COVID shot. Yeah. Yeah, me too. God gave us two arms because he said, look, there's going to be, out of Wuhan, a virus that is made in a lab that's going to spread, ironically enough, around election time through the United States. And I'm giving you two arms, not to eat, drink, function. I'm giving you two arms for a shot here and a shot there. That's what he did. I, I, how can you argue? It is literally, and I'm being literal here, impossible to argue with the stupidity we hear every day. Whether it's the stupidity of prosecutors let pe- letting people out of jail constantly, whether it is uh, Joe Biden whenever he opens his mouth, whether it is, oh, I don't know, you name whatever gets said at a press conference, uh, it is literally impossible to keep up with the stupid that gets said on a daily basis here. It really is. It's impossible to keep up with the stupid on Twitter. I got a guy mad at me because, quote, a sister is just trying to do her best. Yeah, great. Awesome. Mm. No, I'm just trying to take a dump. That's all I'm trying to do. Get mad at me all you'd like, but that's all I'm trying to do. That's all we're all trying to do, just to feel good. Whoa, 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 calm down there, fella. It's eight, and you're calling people idiots. You talk to your pastor with that mouth? I've never really talked to a pastor. Ducey asked a useless question on the uh, press secretary's opinion on Twitter. Is it really relevant? But you throw an I word around to the sister trying her best. Gross. The level of stupid. Turn your notifications off, people. Just turn them off. All right. All right. A couple of things. A deputy police chief got flim-flammed. Yeah, he did. He got flim-flammed by one hooker after driving an undercover car to visit another hooker who was an undercover cop. This is a good story. I'm going to read it to you verbatim so I don't screw it up because it's so good, unless you're the cop. 
A deputy police chief got caught by prostitution, by a prostitution sting in Florida after getting scammed by another prostitute, according to Polk County Sheriff's Office. Polk County Sheriff Grady Judd said in a media briefing that his office was conducting a prostitution sting on Thursday evening when they arrested a man who was attending a polygraph training workshop in Orlando. Investigators said he was driving an unmarked vehicle assigned to a DEA task force when he showed up to the prostitution sting with two cans of Bud Light beer for himself and a case of White Claw Hard Seltzer for the hooker. The man was identified as Jason DePrima of Kingston, Georgia, deputy sheriff of the Carterville's Police Department. Judd said DePrima had told their undercover officer that he had been scammed by another woman who said she was a prostitute and had asked him to send her a photograph Here's of the cash card all my he had purchased in order to, to, to secure her services. You're not going to believe this. Now, this guy's a cop. He was flim-flammed and conned by a hooker. That's right. She took the information of the card, got 200 bucks, and left him high and dry. What are we doing? DePrima told his undercover officer that he didn't want to drive around with White Claw and feel girly. Look, get high noon. You'll feel like a man. Well, he got to feel arresty, the cop said when we put him in jail. He was charged with solicitation of a prostitute booked into Polk County Jail. Guy had been a cop for 30 years, graduated FBI Academy. He's been suspended. Uh, the cops mocked him. What are you thinking? You just, you, you just want to go, come on, man. Have you lost the last three brain cells or do you have cabbage for brains? Do we have the video of this? I don't know if we do. I think it was just There's a picture. There's a video here. Oh, just a picture. Okay. I got to tell you. So one day, I'm with my family. My son's playing in a basketball tournament across I-69 uh, at the Spee Center. Those of you from Indiana, you know the Spee Center. We're staying at a courtyard. Uh, it's about 6, 7 o'clock at night. It's still light out. We're just getting back. My wife and my son, my daughter's not with us. My wife and my son are like, hey, we're going to go pick up the food that we had ordered. I go, all right, I'm going to take a shower. I just, I think, coached a couple games. I'm, I'll take a shower. Knock on the door. I got to tell you, two of the ugliest women I've ever seen in my life. And they looked at me. I'm like, yeah, what can I do for you? And they looked at me. And I go, hey, look, I don't know what to tell you. Well, what, what do you need? What, what can I do for you? They said, oh, we must have the wrong place. I'm like, okay. Close the door. Food came. Didn't think nothing of it. Next morning, I'm in getting something to eat. And I'm in the hotel lobby. And the manager comes out. He goes, Dan, really sorry about that last night. I go, what do you mean? He goes, well, that was two hookers that apparently came to your door. They said they were at the wrong room. I go, what are you talking about? Really? He goes, yeah, we had a sting right above you. I thought I heard something. But, you know, you're in a hotel. So they did a prostitution sting in the hotel. I'm not going to lie to you. It's the first time I've ever been. Well, that's not true. When I was in high school, we used to go down to Fifth Avenue and Gary's Buckingham Hotel and talk to the hookers. That's the first time I ever really got solicited. I'm not a hooker guy. But if I were a cop, I would always assume it's a sting, no? All right. I told you it was coming. I like it. Here it comes. 
I like when bears are swimming in pools. I do. Let's show it. Simi Valley, California. You know I like this kind of stuff. I'll never want it to happen to me. But bear swimming in a residential pool. By all accounts, Susan, between bears aren't that dangerous. Here it is. Into someone's kitchen this morning and then also taking a dip in a neighbor's pool yesterday. There's a bear here in Simi Valley that's having quite a run. I knew there were bears in my freaking backyard. It's Simi Valley's version of the Jungle Book. Holy. A bear swimming in the backyard pool, then scratching himself on a tree, among other things. I just happened to peek up over the. I, there was no reason to even look at my pool, but I just happened to, like, peek up over the window, and I thought it was a person swimming in the pool, and I was like, who the hell is in the swimming pool? Mike Emanuel watched it all from inside his living room. And I looked a little bit closer, and it was a bear, and he was clutching the chlorine duck uh, that, you know, you put chlorine tabs in, and he was swimming in the shallow end, then he swam to the deep end, and I, I, I was so shocked. He called the non-emergency line just because he didn't know what to do. And I said, hey, there's a bear in my pool. And they asked me if I had been drinking. I said, no, <laughs> it wasn't. Oh, man. It was crazy, and it was so out of context. I've found we've had, like, raccoons in our pool, um, ducks, obviously, every every spring. We have a mama duck and, and uh, baby ducks. And then, uh, you know, dead spiders and scorpions and, you know, horrific stuff like that. But never, you know, in a million years did I think there'd actually be a bear swimming in my pool. This homeowner says, in this heat, you do what you can. I feel bad because it's so dry out, you know, and I don't know where these guys are getting water out, out in the hills, so... He's welcome in my yard as long as he doesn't kill me or my family because I don't want it to be like, you know, bad grizzly man episode where, you know, I'm talking to the bear and the next thing you know, I'm in pieces. We'll do our best to get the message to him on TV. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, and I, I didn't want it to be where I'm talking to the bear and next thing you know, I'm in pieces. Let me explain that to you. That's a great line. And that guy seemed like an absolutely... Wonderful, 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 wonderful guy. But I got to tell you, I know how to solve that whole problem. I know how to solve, hey, I'm talking to the bear, and next thing you know, I'm in pieces. Don't talk to a bear. Like, there's a bear in your yard. Don't talk to him. Do what you did. Sit behind the glass, hope he doesn't come in, Hope he doesn't come right through the pane glass window. But I, hey, I'm not talking to a bear. That's a pretty cool picture, though. Wouldn't that be cool? And those things are big, man. And one of the things that the friends of my buddy uh, Seth Greenberg told me about bears, you got to keep your dogs inside, man. Dogs, they'll eat those dogs. You love your dog, keep your dog inside. You think you got bears? Don't let them out. Now, we're lucky enough where I live, we don't have bears. There are bears, apparently, of the state. And I've always said, you know, that's only two hours away. What the heck's to stop a bear from coming down here and having a sniff? We got water right here. There's a lake right here. We got all kind of varmints and animals and things of that nature. I don't know why a bear wouldn't want to come down. By the way, you got two arms. One for holding the phone. And one for drinking a beer, as opposed to one getting a shot. How about the guy calls the non-emergency 911, and they ask him if he's been drinking? That's a great story, and that is a great dude. Hey, look, I know it's football season, and we're going to talk a lot of football, but I got to tell you,
pennant races are heating up, and anytime I get the chance to have my man Danny Plezak on from Major League Baseball, MLB Network, we're going to do it. We're going to talk about the Yankees. Are they any good? Like the Mets are being challenged. Are they any good? Can the Guardians hang in there? Uh, if you were to draft the number one pick in the Major League Baseball draft from current players, would you take Otani? Would you take Aaron Judge? Would you take Mike Trout? I do not know Green Eggs and Ham. I do not know Sam I Am. And then bottom of the hour, all right. Look, just because I look like this doesn't mean that I'm young and hip. I understand what I look like. I look very cool. But Meg Turner, our website, uh, I don't know, guru, uber talented, is going to dansplain her tweets to me because I don't know what the hell they are. Hey! By the way, get the DraftKings. Go to DraftKings.com or download the app. Why, you ask? Do you really have to ask me? Are you serious about this question? DraftKings, first, you bet five bucks, you're going to get a free 200. That means you're going to be up all year long. It's fun. Now, don't be an idiot and bet everything you have. Just follow the advice of those of us here on OutKick, OutKick 360, certainly uh, Clay's picks, and you'll win a ton of money. But be smart while you do it. But when you sign up, all you got to do is put a little cash uh, into your account, and next thing you know, bet $5 on anything, and you're going to get $200 in free bets instantly. That's right, instantly. And the word free, that means you can take up to $200, bet it, If you lose, guess what? It don't cost you a dime. All right, we come back. Danny Plezak, MLB Network. I'll get some football picks from him, too. I know he went to North Carolina State, and my man was sweating it out against East Carolina. MLB Network's DP, Danny Plezak, next. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Honestly, what happened in our upstairs bathroom just now is not humane, and uh, my my house will probably, <laughs> you know, the the uh, people living in, upstairs right now, my stepson and my wife aren't going to be too happy. They may be yelling, DP, and what's happened to you with your freaking renter can kiss my backside too. A lot of bad yeah, things happening it. right now, DP. <laughs> yeah, you know what, Dan. I've been out here in New Jersey now for 14 years, and uh, I live here right near the Hudson River in a, in a town called Weehawken. Beautiful condo, but the market's hot right now. The guy that owns this sold his home in Long Island, wants to use this as his permanent residence. So guess what? I'm on the move. So I'll be moving to Berkeley Heights, New Jersey. Here we go. Stay hot. <laughs> Oh, man. I love following your travels as long as it's not too far from Upper Montclair Golf Course. Are we okay there? Are we still okay? We good? Uh, 
No, we're good there, Dan. I'll tell you what, that, that's kind of kept my sanity here in New Jersey. It was a tough move when I moved out here. Being from the Midwest, grew up in Indiana, uh, did a lot of TV with the Cubs and Comcast Sportsnet at the time. And then when its MLB network started in 2009, they flew me out for an audition. Here I am, 2022, like 13, 14 years later, still here. Great place to work, Dan, but uh, it's a lot of baseball. And that, uh, you know, that slogan we say, we give you baseball 365, 24 7. They're not kidding, Dan. That's what it is. <laughs> All right, if I drafted, if I had a draft, and I said every Major League Baseball player is in the draft, who would be your first pick? Judge. I, I would, yeah, Aaron Judge. And, and, and listen, I think what Shohei Otani is doing right now is borderline insane. I mean, I don't, I've never seen anything like it, Dan. I spent 18 years of my life pitching. And I and it, and I had to consume all of my time and effort into mechanics and pitching and grips and maneuvering the baseball back and forth. I don't know how this guy's doing it, Dan. He'll pitch on a Friday night, and I know this. I wasn't a starting pitcher in the big leagues, but I was in the minor leagues. I don't know how he does it because most pitchers are so sore the day after they pitch. He'll go out and get four at bats, hit a couple of home runs. Dan, I really think this. If he decided to put his bat and glove away and just be a pitcher, I think there are two guys in baseball that have like better stuff than he does. Jacob DeGrom and Justin Verlander when he's healthy. He's better than the rest, Dan. And I and I know a lot of times that's the funny thing to say, ah, he's that good. Dan, before he came over from Japan, I did a lot of research, and we always do this with guys from overseas that are coming or the draft. I watched this guy throw, and I he was one of those guys like your jaw dropped. He was like watching Michael Jordan. He was like watching Julius Irving. I mean, you didn't have to know a whole lot about baseball or pitching to watch a video of this guy and just go, my gosh, like this is this is like a, he's a unicorn. And then when you watch to see what he does, he was playing right field and he could hit. But if you're going to ask me right now, the one guy I take, Judge would be that guy. The Yankees have been terrible for four weeks the last two weeks if they didn't have Aaron Judge I don't know if they would have scored five runs in two weeks I don't know why teams are still pitching to him but they are Danny's having a magical year and I don't know how he would have the guts to turn down 213 million in spring training and he bet on himself and Danny he is going to break the bank what, what does that mean well, what is breaking the bank when you already turned down $213 million? What What is he looking at, Danny? Uh, I think he's he's going to be in excess well over $300 million, which five months ago the whole industry thought there's no way for a guy in his 30s. But he plays for the right team in the right market. Uh, Dan, if you've ever met the guy, if you haven't, he's a wonderful guy to be around. He gets it. He's great for the Yankees. Uh, he's great for the national baseball scene. He takes the time. He'll answer questions. Um, he's, he's got a great personality. He's got a great smile. He interacts with the fans. He's just, he's the total package, Dan. Like he's, he's the face of baseball. And I said this in January and February. If Aaron Judge has one of those monster years, he's the face of baseball. He's everything that you'd, you'd want to have. Uh, he's just, he's the entire package, Dan. 
Um, what what is the what is breaking the bank? I think for a guy in his thirties, we're so analytically driven on, hey, what's a good contract? What's bad? We don't want to touch anybody once they turn thirty. But I think he's going to change that, Dan. I, I think he's going to be somewhere between thirty-five to forty million, and he's going to get at least six years. And I know there are going to be and the thing that's that it's the right player at the right time, because there are a couple teams that that need what he does, and they're big market teams: the Giants, the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Mets. They have an owner on the other side of the river, Steve Cohen, who owns the Mets. It's not about money, Dan. So. He's going to get paid, and I can't see how in the hell the Yankees let him get away. Danny, what, what's been wrong? I assume it's pitching. What's been wrong with the Yankees? You mentioned not scoring any runs outside of Judge. What, what, this has been ongoing. This isn't just a week or two slump. No, Dan, I think what happened is they, they have a lot of hitters. They have a lot of empty outs. Josh Donaldson had a very disappointing season. Aaron Hicks, very disappointing season. Glaber Torres disappointing season the short this the catcher Trevino was a great story the first half of the season when you look across the diamond the productivity for the players that they were expecting kind of collect for their shortstop there wasn't much bat that came along with the guy he's making all the plays but he hasn't hit very much Anthony Rizzo on the IL right now with the back injury Dan about four or five weeks ago the Houston Astros came into town and they played the Yankees and they fed the Yankee hitters a steady diet of fastballs, mid to upper 90s, chest high and above. And I really think the success they had in that three-game series, the rest of the league saw that and said, hey, wait a minute. You know, these are a bunch of guys that, you know, this game now, Dan, it's built on that launch angle, right? You're going to go down and swing an uppercut. There's no money to be made on hitting the ball on the ground. And so what you have are a bunch of guys in that Yankee roster that are kind of that lift and separate but they can't, they can't get to that fastball that's up. And they really miss. They made a good trade at the deadline when they brought in Andrew Benatendi, but he broke a bone in his hand. He's out right now. Dan, I don't know what they're going to do. They're limping to the wire, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Rays make it really interesting and almost catch them right now. They're playing bad baseball, Dan. You know, speaking of the trade deadline, people lost their minds. Oh, man, look at what the Padres did. Hader comes over, which, by the way, congrats. You're still going to be the all-time saves leader, I do believe, with the Brewers. Am I right about that, with Hader gone? Oh, David. Yeah, David Stearns right now is getting my vote for executive of the year. And it's funny because I was in Milwaukee doing a game a week before, Dan, and their great PR guy, Mike Vasilla, said, hey, before the game, could you come into the conference room and we'd like to tape something? So I taped about a 30-minute spot congratulating Josh Hader on breaking my saves record, and they were going to show that on the scoreboard. So I was like, yeah. So, yeah. And okay, hey, Dan, hey, we're at a back nine of life right now. We don't get to hang our head on very many things. So, David Stearns, thank you very much. Hey, I tell people, man, you can write whatever you want about me. Just keep writing about me. I don't care. <laughs> what do it's I care at this age, right? Who cares? <laughs> Amen to that, brother. Yes. <laughs> hey, what what has happened to the Padres here? They've been terrible. Cubs have a better record than the Padres since the deadline. Um, I, I think, Dan, a couple of things have happened. Uh, their pitching that was really good has kind of hit a little bit of a swoon. They just locked up a guy – 
to a $100 million contract, Joe Musgrove. And literally, since they've locked him up, he's had one good start out of five. Uh, Blake Smell has been very up and down. Um, it's a team right now. They made the trade. They bring it. And when they got Juan Soto, everybody thought, okay, this was their their chance that they were going to be, they were going to catch the Dodgers or scare the Dodgers. Dan, you and me got a better chance of scaring the Dodgers than the Padres do right now. I mean, I, if you're a Padres fan, I'm sorry. But but they've had a couple of chances right now to run into Big Blue. The Dodgers right now are just way better than into the Padres right now. They're hanging on for life. The only thing that's helping the Padres right now, they the Braves, Mets, they're tied. So one of those two teams are going to be in. And it looks like the Phillies and the, the Padres and the Brewers are playing so bad right now that I think the Padres are safe. I wouldn't want to play the Padres in the postseason because if they're starting pitching, if Blake Snell throws a good one, you, you never kind of know what you're going to get with you, Darvish. Some days he's really good. Some days he's not so good. Um, they could be a team that could be dangerous, Dan, but but they're certainly – they've been a disappointment all season long. And, and let's be honest, the, the, the controversy surrounding Fernando Tatis when he tested positive, he could pop for 80 games. He's not going to be able to play 40 this year. No postseason, a, a big portion of the schedule next year. I, I think that really hurt them too. They were they were looking for him. Listen, Dan, say what you want about the guy. He's made a couple mistakes, but man, when he's playing and he's healthy, he's a terrific player. And I don't think that helped the Padres either. So they're not playing that well. That 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 news with Tatis, I think, shook that clubhouse up a little bit. And I was surprised because Bob Melvin, that who his first year managing the Padres. I really thought he would get that team that they would they would really challenge the Dodgers this year, but that's just not going to happen. Dan, they're they're a good team, but I don't think they're a team that that's going to do much in the postseason. That's just, but that's just my opinion. A lot of people on this on our YouTube chat and other places love the Guardians. Man, they're hanging in there. Your nephew Zach is out now with a broken hand. Can the Guardians of Cleveland hang in? No. Dan, they have a chance to win the division. None of the teams, the White Sox, the Twins, or the Guardians are going to be around for the wild card. They're going to have to win the Central. Um, I don't think that the Guardians have enough hitting. Uh, they, they rely so much on Ramirez, their third baseman. Uh, there's just not a lot of thump in that lineup. And I think when they get into the postseason, I don't know how they're going to score against teams like the Houston Astros. They're going to face Garrett Cole. They're going to face teams like that with the Yankees. I'd like their pitching, Dan. I don't think they're pitching as as good as it was when the season started. Shane Bieber has been good, but he hasn't been kind of a Cy Young kind of good. McKenzie, a good young pitcher. Cal Quantrill's throwing the ball well. To me, I look at them like I look at the like I look at the Padres. If they get in, I are they going to scare some people? I'm not sure they're going to scare some people. Dan, if you want my opinion right now in baseball, I, I think it's going to be a crash course. I, I think right now it's going to be either the Braves and the Mets playing the Dodgers for the National League Series. And I don't think without question right now, the Houston Astros are the best team in the AL. And my sleeper team that could shock some people to go some places, be careful, the Seattle Mariners right now, once they acquired Luis Castillo to go along, they're a really good, Dan. They're a good team. They also have some struggles hitting. They acquired Jesse Winker in the offseason. He hasn't hit much, and I thought he was really going to be a good player, but they're really, really good. 
be careful that the Mariners are my dark horse team. They would scare me. I wouldn't want any part of them if the postseason started. Remember last year, you were at uh, this time of year, I think you were all over the Atlanta Braves. I mean, I remember that. I remember a lot of, te- a lot of people were on a lot of different teams, and you came on my show in Indy and said, look, the Braves are what you're saying pretty much about the Mariners, except maybe the Braves were a little bit better this time last year. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you who I think. If you would have asked me a couple of weeks ago, I like the Mets because of DeGrom and Scherzer. I know I'm going to probably infuriate a lot of your listeners that are Dodgers fans. The Dodgers are a great regular season team, Dan, but I just don't know without Walker Bueller and the health of Clayton Kershaw. I love Urias. I think he's a really good pitcher. If I'm the Dodgers right now, they're going to win well over a hundred games. Dan, I, I like the Braves and I like the Mets better than I like the Dodgers getting to the world series. I think that Dodgers will be in the league championship series. But I think right now, it, it's it's getting to that point again where you better be careful and watch the Atlanta Braves, Dan. They're they're gelling at the right time. They're getting healthy again. Max Fried's throwing the ball great. They're a really good team, Dan. They're, they can score runs. They're athletic. My prediction right now, it's either going to be the Mets or the Braves in the World Series. And I think right now, the Houston Astros, they're, they're an overwhelming favorite. They're the best team in the AL right now. Hey, Danny, I I don't know if I got this right. I I could have this wrong, but you've been mentioning Jacob deGrom. I think there is an ad with you in it on Marquee Sports at a roundtable talking about – I don't want to put words in your mouth. Greg Maddox, the best pitcher you ever saw. I saw somebody the other day talk about deGrom as the best ever. Uh, Where are you at with deGrom? Dan, uh, my rookie year was 1986. The best pitcher that I saw in my career from 1986 till present day was Greg Maddox. Now, he didn't throw the hardest. He didn't have the best fastball, change of curveball, but Dan, he could make the ball talk, sink it, cut it, run it. He knew when to take some off, knew when to add it. He could make 88 look 95. He could make a really good lineup. You could stack it lefties. He could throw change-ups. Jacob DeGrom, I've played with two of the greatest ever. Randy Johnson in Arizona. Roger Clemens won back-to-back Cy Young Awards, 96, 97, and 98 when I was with the Blue Jays. I've seen them all. Jacob DeGrom, in my opinion, when he's healthy, Dan is the best pitcher I've seen in person. He's so good, Dan. I I watch so – Dan, I watch so many baseball games – that three years ago, I wanted to see for myself. So I went on, vivid seats, bought a ticket for myself, sat two rows behind home plate because I wanted to see, because I know what Clemens looks like. I've seen Saberhagen throw. I've seen them all. Dan, he is the best pitcher I have ever seen. I have never seen a guy that that throws 98 to 100 with less effort than he does. It is smooth. It's under control. He has a nasty slider that comes out of – what makes him so good, Dan, everything comes out of this plane here, and one goes straight and the other breaks down, and you have a split second to decide which one. What makes pitchers sometimes hittable, Dan, guys can have a really big curveball, but at the big league level and when you get to that level where it's the really the prime players – if your breaking ball has that little hump to it, 
you know, when you're eight years old, 12 years old, you're like, wow, look at that thing. It's up and then it's down. Well, big league hitter, they can tell that that's a curveball. They recognize that right away. They call it tunneling now, which is the same thing as, hey, throwing out of the same arm slot. You know, we have to have all these analytical words like now, oh, he tunnels better than everybody else. No, Dan, he just has really good stuff. That's what he has. He has a great fastball that's 98 to 100, effortless, tremendous slider, great changeup, and he doesn't use his curveball all that much. He's the best pack. Dan, I tell people this, and I'm going to tell you this is how I feel about him. He's Smoltz, Pedro, Clements, Saberhagen, and Schilling all wrapped into one. He's the ultimate power pitcher that throws strikes. He's all those guys wrapped into one. He's the present-day unicorn. And if he's healthy, that's why I think the Mets can get to the World Series. If he isn't, I don't think the Mets get there. Danny, what's healthy at this time of year? Uh, healthy is being able to take the ball every five days and not have your shoulder or your elbow really impede you from doing what you want to do. It'd be similar to like basketball. You get into that second part of the season, whether it's college or high school, especially when you get to college and the NBA ranks, you're tired, you're working out, you're traveling, your body doesn't get time to recuperate. You have little nagging things, hamstrings, lower back, little nagging things. But when, when you start loosening up for a game, you get into warmups if you're playing basketball. And next thing you know, you about two minutes into warmups, you're like, you know what? I'm starting to loosen up and I can, I'm going to be okay. And that's the same thing how it is with baseball. You know, you're a little concerned about your shoulder or your elbow, your forearm. You get some treatment between starts. You go down there and you warm up. And about five minutes into your warm up, you start to get a sweat. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to be okay today. And, and that's, I think, most guys, that's where you're at this point of the season. Do you feel like you do in spring training? Nobody does, Dan. Um, but I will say this. Guys feel better now than they did, say, 10 or 12 years ago because that word again, load management, you know, guy can't pitch, can't see the lineup three times. You know, oh, boy, I can't do that. So they're trying to conserve guys a little bit better. It's like the NBA. Can't play travel day, you know, night game and a Sunday, Saturday afternoon game. Guy can't play. I get it. I, you know, that's kind of what we're trying to do to, to protect guys now. But I think if you look back at why the Atlanta Braves were so good last year, you look across the diamond, the third baseman, Austin Riley, played virtually every day. Dansby Swanson, shortstop, played virtually every day. Second baseman played virtually every day. Freddie Freeman played virtually every day. The teams that are good, Dan, in baseball, in basketball, in football, the guys that are supposed to be, they post up. And I have this phrase, and I think it is so true. At times, your best ability is your availability. Be available. Dan, you coached. And you know how important it is to the team. There's the reason there's the first team. There's the reason there's the starting nine. And there's the reason there's the, the 11 guys in football. Because those are the best guys. You want them in a lineup. Those are your top five pitchers. Why are they? Because they're the best you have. And so the more you can use those guys, I think the better you are. That's just my personal preference. Will, Will, how does this work? Let's take the Grom. Will the Grom see a lineup three times during the playoffs, yes. World Series? Is oh, that, yes. Does, yes. Is that what you? 
doesn't doesn't apply to him, Dan. And I'm going to make you another prediction. This winter, if he finishes the season healthy, and right now he's throwing the ball great, and he gets through the postseason and he gets through it in one piece and he throws well, my prediction is Jacob DeGrom will be the first $50 million a year pitcher. Now, it may not be a seven- or eight-year contract. I could definitely see a team giving him three or four years, $150 million, $200 million for four years if he's healthy. Because, Dan, the way we look at players now, the industry, it, they don't care about, don't give me, I don't need 235 innings anymore. Give me 175 really good ones. We'll space your starts out. You don't need to throw every five days, and they're paying for that right now. And I think he's going to be a guy. If he continues to dominate like he has the next seven, eight weeks, Dan, he has a chance to be the first $50 million a year player, and I really believe that might happen. Well, let me finish with this. You mentioned Judge and being the face of baseball on one side of town. DeGrom, you know, this is a guy who's the best on the other side of town. I mean, these are massive markets with massive amounts of money networks. Why wouldn't Judge stay there? Why wouldn't DeGrom stay? Why wouldn't they both be in New York City? Can somebody outbid those two teams? Yes. I think the Dodgers can outbid. If you're talking about for a guy like Judge, I think the Dodgers are in play. The Giants are in play. If the Cubs really wanted to be in play, they could be in play. And all it takes is one other big market team. And I, and I think why it's not a slam dunk that Judge stays when he got close to opening day, when general manager Brian Cashman basically came out and laid out to the media what they offered him, I think Judge was like, hey, that's supposed to be kind of private, right? Like, they basically threw their cards on the table and said, hey, listen, we offered him $213 million. He would have been the highest paid player. He's in his 30s. And I think Judge said, okay, you know what? Done deal. I'm not signing. I'm going to bet on myself. And right now, Yankee fans are shaking in their boots because if they don't have Aaron Judge heading into 2023, they are in deep trouble, Dan. I believe it. Danny, I've taken too much of your time. I know you got boxes packed. The move is on. Good yeah, the move is on, on Dan. I, 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 I hope I stay hot. Last year, I, I took you on the, the, the along the ride with the Atlanta Braves. I think the yeah. Seattle Mariners, scary team, Dan. Remember, I told you so. I absolutely will. In fact, I'm going to remember so much. I'm going on DraftKings, and I'm betting them right now, big boy. You say it. I listen. You kidding me? <laughs> hey, let's do this again, <laughs> Thanks, man. DP. You got it. That was fun, man. Really fun. Thanks, my friend. You got That's it, Danny. Danny please, like, he's major. He's the best. MLB Network's best. I'm telling you, man. When he does a game or – in Chicago, or he's on MLB Network, I just stop and watch because I know I'm going to get information like that. How about what he said about Jacob DeGrom? Oh, you're talking about a guy that pitched 18 years in the bigs. I went to Cooperstown with my kids. There's a list of all-time appearances. At the time, the man was sixth in the history of Major League Baseball. The dude has seen some things. And he's telling you Jacob DeGrom is that good. I got to tell you, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go buy a ticket. And I'm going to go watch Jacob DeGrom. I am. Next time, I don't know, Chicago, Cincinnati. Hell, I may fly to New York. 
take Danny out to dinner and freaking watch Jacob DeGrom. I got to. I, I regret not watching Gretzky. I see. I saw Jordan. I saw Montana. All that stuff. I regret not seeing uh, Gretzky. I do. But I'm going to go see Jacob freaking DeGrom. You, you kidding me? Look, I'm an idiot. I don't know nothing about Twitter. You guys tweet things, and I don't know. Megan Turner is our girl. She is. She's the best, and she's got to explain stuff to me when we come back. But that was an awesome interview, man. That's as good as you're ever going to hear, and I'm not surprised. I mean, look, when Danny talks about slinging it, I'm telling you, man, Danny Plezak, when we were in high school, you could tell, like, all right, who's going to be a big leaguer? That guy. I mean, so 18 years, and he's telling you Jacob DeGrom's the best he's ever seen. Wow. All right. When we come back, I got some splaining to me. Somebody explain to me something. Yeah. Explain it to me, Megan, when we come right back. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. You know, I know that all of this makes you all think that I am young and I am hip because I look young and hip, but really I'm just old and ugh. But so Megan keeps me young uh, at Megan Turner underscore. I got to ask you about this because I don't know what this means. You ready? Always. This is a tweet. I don't even know the date. What is this? The seventh. So this is from yesterday. Dude. Okay. Why is LSU football pre-purposing YouTube videos on TikTok? It's so bad. What the hell does that mean? I will show you. Let's just get right into it. Do we have, do we, are we able to pull up uh, the hype video, Dylan? Yep, one sec. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to bring this tweet to life, Dan. This is going to. We are. Here we go. This is LFCU is the prime example of that. It is not making TikTok. They are not. Are they understaffed? Are they not aware? Are this place they short is on familiar? Time? I don't know. I'm not that. I can't. Roars of past tigers still echo through these streets. Okay, so LSU we're gonna narrow it. My first concern: Why is there so much dead space on the sweet melody of That Victor. that is not the correct sizing. So it is a place where tigers. What's going on? Why is it so bad? Rise. Everything is so bad. But if you go there, it looks like they're TikTok and confetti. It is all just their content from a different platform put onto this one. It is, it's just overall bad, 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 bad. In my opinion, this is my opinion. You guys can disagree. You can debate. Let's. But I think that if we were to, Your if opinion. we were to bet. Go ahead. My opinion, what? 
I say your opinion matters because this is what you do. I couldn't hear you. What was wrong with that video? Uh, there's a so there's certain platforms where the vertical video where it's like uh, shot like if you have your phone you're shooting it this way for example oh you're shooting it this way for example versus this way it they're using real camera gear but um, they're shooting it like this way with real camera gear they're just using uh, whether it's limited resources limited time or their limited knowledge they're just not. Um, doing what I think is best practice. So that's repurposing? In my opinion, I don't work for LSU. What else you, what else you got for me? Okay, Dan, the corn song. Have you been introduced to the corn song? No. No, he said, he said no. No. We're going to have to introduce you to the It's corn. It's corn, Dan. Okay, so can we play it? Are we allowed to do that? I really like corn. What do you like about corn? It's corn. Somebody made it into a, a sound on TikTok. It went viral. It's being used across in every respect that you can imagine. It's being used football programs. It's being used everywhere. Uh, we have writers, Grayson Weir wrote about it. Um, Sean Joseph wrote about it. It top not like it is quality, but it's about corn. It's a little kid's experience with corn. It is the most second. wholehearted. Why are, why, why? He just discovered corn, Dan. Don't take that away from him. <laughs> why, why would you take uh, that in? He's, he, he like, the little kid wants to like, it, like, he's like, oh, if you don't like corn, you don't have to like corn, but I just like, I like corn. And it's like, somebody put a piano like chorus to it and it like went viral. And so then other people started using the sound it's the best thing I've ever seen. The Florida Gators used it. Um, LSU posted a really bad hype video, but uh, instead of a really bad hype video, the Florida Gators just posted like an empty stadium video to the corn song. Um, beautiful. A work of art. Amazing. Um, the, I think the, the Ole Miss also did. The South Dakota Tourism Bureau uses the corn song. Are we talking about the same corn song? Yes. Oh, yes. beautiful. We love to the, see it. Yes. The little kid. He's got juice. Congratulations, Tariq. Our favorite cornfluencer. Uh, on becoming the South Dakota Corn Ambassador. What is this? <laughs> This is TikTok in a nutshell. It's an interview. I think the, the original interview surfaced on something called recess therapy. Um, I believe I'm going to fact check myself quickly. Recess therapy is a website slash YouTube channel. Um, and then another outlet or another uh, creator 
put just a piano verse over it, changed a few notes, made it a sound and it's beautiful. Um, it literally went viral. How do you determine okay. what's going to go viral? That's, I don't get it. I don't get the world. What determines this? Uh, it's gotta be catchy. It's gotta hook your interest. Like we have short attention spans nowadays. We've got to be hooked in the first few seconds. Like what's catchy this song when you hear it. I don't know if you've heard it yet. When you hear it, it's corn. Like <laughs> one of the best things I've ever heard in my life. Dylan, you've got to play it for him. Please oh. like very soon. Like you're, it's, it's going to be stuck in your head till Thanksgiving. It's, I can't wait for Instagram reels to like, Things that surface on TikTok find their way to Instagram about a year later, not literally, but uh, it. I can't wait to see it again on 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 Instagram. You got anything else for me? No, but I really did enjoy your I really like this week. During the what do you like? What is this? It's cold. Oh, this is Old Misses. Uh, I don't know if you're hearing the audio, and I'm not, but this is Old Misses version of the corn song so the trend what do you like is to um the way it picked up on tiktok is that you you essentially put something that you like over it so like the kid liked corn using that sound you would you would uh put something like the most beautiful thing like something you really enjoy um they put link the old miss football page used lane kiffin as their as their thing and like whatever they put on the screen is the text. And so like, that's how the trend picks up. It's like people make it towards their like relatable content, like their niche, whatever it may be. Um, and I I haven't used it yet, but no, but I did enjoy your tweets during the Purdue game. That was mad respect. <laughs> well, you that got, you know, I, I've, I've I was trying to influence, and I didn't do a very good job. Wait, so go back to that. That was Lane Kiffin using the corn song as a hype video? Um, more so just to keep, not a hype video, but just, uh, you got to remember these social accounts rely on engagement in different ways for fans and <clears throat> the community outreach and stuff like that. So they'll also pick up on trending sounds. Um, so they, their social media team uses Lane and videos that they already have. Instead of repurposing YouTube videos, they'll just take clips of him that they have coming off of the bus, clips of him during in-game, and they'll make them for TikTok videos like this. So Ole Miss, if I had to give them, not that I'm qualified to give ratings, but they get a 10 out of 10 from me, like for that one. Wait. Do y'all do remember when we used to get so many mayflies everywhere, like everything covered in mayflies? What, what's a mayfly? You're going to give me PTSD, Dan. Uh, did nobody have mayflies? Is this just a Florida thing? Like when you had so many mayflies, you had to like pick them off of things. Like my brother and I used to run around and like peel these mayflies. They're like long like 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 underdeveloped looking dragonflies is the best way I can describe them and like they would stick to everything everywhere and like they would cover the sides of buildings like the side of my parents house where we were, where I grew up everywhere there would be mayflies no 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 I, I haven't seen one in a while do you uh, 
do you really think you could play football? I believe that I could be an NFL punter. Sorry, no, no, I don't, no. Absolutely not, but I do uh, want uh, my, to try. My wife says that she could be an NFL running back. All right. Oh my God, please. All right, this Let's, one I, this one I understood. There's a few of these that I understood. Okay, mom, come pick me up. I'm scared. Those are the hell is this? I I was scared. There was like a muffed punt, a fumbled ball, a, a blocked kick. What do you mean, mom? Come get me. I'm scared. I didn't even have a bro headbutted Travis and seems like he didn't know he was gonna get called. Yeah, I, I, I know that one. You got anything <laughs> else for me? No, I just wonder sometimes when you're when you're tweeting, do you think you're still coaching respectfully? Because you're like, run the yeah, 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 yeah. I was wondering. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. Sometimes, uh, um, yeah. You know, I mean, I did it for twenty some years, and yeah, uh, Illinois is a whole different story. I hope the helmet be protecting. The most because aesthetically, <laughs> it's giving peewee. My dad dropped me off football. Y'all can disagree. I respect it. I don't know what that means. I, I don't know what any of this means. Uh, your dad dropped you off to play football. This is what is this? This is back to the <laughs> Illinois Purdue game. Their helmets were so ugly. It reminded me of like. Peewee football, like my dad just dropped me off in like the mom minivan vibe, like like grab your bag from the caravan type thing. Like, why is it so bad? Like, why did why is the the great white, the orange is like or the whatever color is like, not even matte. It's like off matte. I I didn't like it, and I really don't like Adidas anything, but I do not like rice uh, Adidas space you didn't like indiana you were unimpressed with my hoosiers with my hoosiers football I, uniforms you you didn't I, like them i'm not a big fan of adidas sorry i don't think they get a choice though you know what i mean it's not like they're the ones negotiating deals <laughs> so what 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 is wrong? Like, can you look at a uniform and say without without seeing a logo? All right, now take the lo I know if you see a, a logo. Can you look at a uniform without seeing a logo and go, Adidas, Nike, Under Armour? Can you do that? Yes. Really? Yeah, because Adidas is the only one with the weird dry mesh holes. Uh, that's a trademark Nike thing, but, like, I don't know what else to call it. Like, the little holes in the shirts... Uh, the the jerseys that look like those uh, the things you wear at practice for colors. Um, what are those red things called that QBs wear to make sure you don't hit them? Um, those things. That's they call them pennies. That's penny. That's what Adidas jerseys look like to me. Screen printed pennies. So as we move into football season, and I'm following you religiously, and by the way, great follow, at Meg N. Turner underscore, who are you going to be hyping? Who is your NFL team? Who am I going to get tired of hearing about from you? 
I have not yet determined, but there are a few players I'm keeping really close on my radar. I will let you know after week one. Wait a second. You don't have an NFL team. No. Do you, should Who's I your adopt yours? Team? You see? No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Colts. Yeah. Why not? You want me to adopt the who's Colts? Your, who's your college I've, team? I've been, getting, I've been getting Titans from the rest of the Outkick crew. Tennessee Titans. No. no. Aren't I supposed to say Titans? Were you in the Titan up? They had all these they had all these people with nicknames in our little fantasy draft. Um, did you draft a team? Were you one of the people in the draft? Nobody had their name, so I didn't know who I was dealing with. I need you to do some investigative reporting and tell me why I wasn't invited. That's what I need. Oh, I to think do. it's sexism. I think it's total sexism. <laughs> I think you need to do some investigative reporting. Dan I'm, is going to be going to file. Is there an HR department? You are HR right now. You are going to handle it. You're going to figure <laughs> it out and you're going to come back and we are going to report it to the people. No, I'm yeah, not. I'm organizing, take it to the peop- I'm organizing the website take for it, it. So take it to the people. Well, you don't even have a team. We'll handle it. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I'm going to organize all of the content for your fantasy football league, but I do not have a team. So everything, um, although the link is not active, you guys will be able to have everything organized and structured um, with the fantasy league, all of the standings, everybody's content coming out of it, who's beating who that week, who's going up against who that week. Um, I'm going to, my role here is to keep all of that updated. If I designate you as co-owner with full rights, 50-50, will, will my team get, you know, a little bit more pub? Will it, you know, show up first, that kind of thing? I don't know. We might just win at, win the whole thing. That's What's the what, – everybody – people know. told me don't ask what first prize is. Ask what you have to do if you come in last. Now, this is my first fantasy experience. Do, uh, do we have any – like, is there a weird thing you got to do if you come in last? I don't know if I'm allowed – I – sorry, guys. I think it's some kind of, like, embarrassment thing. But I embarrass yeah, myself I every day, that. so it can't be worse than what I do. Oh, Try walking around looking like this. Try walking. What? I think I have a challenge for us, Dan. I have a real challenge. What? But you, but it's, Give it to me. It's one you have, you have to accept before I even tell you what it is. Are you ready? Are you up for the challenge? Wait. I'm ready. I'm writing it down. I got paper. No. <laughs> We're going to have a curse jar. Me and you. We have potty mouth. Curse jar? Yes. Yes. Right. I'm in. It's only beneficial. Right. Um, We're gonna how will I know when you're swearing? Because I am an honest. How will I know? Is this only on air because is this only on air? That's right. Uh, I think so. I think only on air. So 
I don't know how that'll really work for me. So I think only on Zooms for me, maybe then I go on a lot of Zooms. What? A, well, all right. Anytime you swear, it's a it's a dollar. Okay, deal. And same for you. Yeah, and if you know, if you're one of the five people that actually watches this show and you hear me swear, um, I'm in. What is swearing? Is damn swearing? Is hell swearing? Don't say no, 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 no. Don't run through the list right here. Don't look. Don't. No, no, no. We'll go through it later. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> The goal the is best. to get you to stop Man. doing it on air. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's hard. I, you know what I used to do when I, when I, when I, I don't do it anymore, but on my local radio show, I used to go in to a, you know, my cubicle or the bathroom and I would read the newspaper out loud. So I heard myself not swearing for like five minutes and it would straighten me out. So, and on ESPN, I used to do this. <laughs> I used to write this. See where it says NS? No swearing? Yep. And I used to draw on it the entire game so that I wouldn't swear. And by the time by the time the game was over, it would be like, you know. <laughs> hey lady, I've been swearing oh. since I was seven years old. Gretchen Wellman and her family, Gretchen ratted me out, my next door neighbor, and I had to eat some freaking soap in our downstairs bathroom. She ratted my brother and I out. <laughs> I'm right there with you. All so. right. I got to run. That, hey, that is automatic. I am in and I will pay up. I will pay. I don't know where I'm paying. Send me an email. We'll figure it out. But I will absolutely not swear once you determine what the punishment is. Thanks, Megan. We're going to have a jar. We're going to check in. So I will talk to you soon. Thank you, Dan. You got it. Follow her. Give her a follow. It's great. She does an unbelievable job here on OutKick with all of our website stuff. She's been an immense help to me. Funny as heck. A blast to talk to. All right. Who's our woke adult, big boy? What do we got? We woken and we doping. Uh-oh. We just received the news that our economy has zero inflation in July while the price of some things went up. The price of others, like gas, clothing, and more, dropped. White House claims U.S. has zero inflation despite annual rate remaining 8.5%. Look, I have said this, and I'll continue to say this. We don't need to be lied to. Maybe some of you do. I don't know. Some of you go ahead and you just do your thing, right? I mean, some of you just, you listen to our government. You listen to our I don't know who, whatever that is, and you take it for what it is worth. No. No. You don't listen. No. Please don't. Please don't. Don't do it. Think for yourself here. All you got to know, look, I am the simplest person that there is when it comes to government slash what should go on. And it's a life based on experience. Okay. It just is. And I go back to before Jimmy Carter and then Jimmy Carter, when Jimmy Carter was in office, we heard words like inflation, gas shortage. I never wanted to hear those again. Never. And there's other words that we heard. I have always said, I don't want to hear anything about the word inflation. 
keep the stock market going. I don't need a crash. Don't need a depression in the market. I understand it goes up and down, but what's been happening here is ridiculous. So I don't want to hear inflation. Keep the stock market going and keep gas prices down. It's simple. It goes back to Jimmy Carter. We have literally gone backwards in our society, and it's disturbing. We have. We've gone backwards. Think about what's going on in our streets. Think about the violence that is happening. My gosh, think about our shelves. In 1970-whatever Carter was in there, the shelves weren't stocked. Gas prices were going up. We heard the word inflation. Jeez. Why are we allowing ourselves to go backwards? We're supposed to be the number one nation in the history of the world, and yet somehow, some way, we're allowing the most corrupt of us to lead us down a road of despair and, well, frankly, embarrassment. And it's time we stop. It seriously is time we stop. Voting is going to matter in November, and if you are a Republican and you think that it's just going to happen. It ain't just going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. It ain't. Got to get out there and vote these idiots out. Man, and anybody that is still defending it, God bless you. Good for you. I am neither a Republican nor am I a Democrat. I'm simply common sense, and when I watch what is happening and I watch the lies that are springing forth and I watch... Our mainstream media, I'm not going to sit silent. That's why I decided to join OutKick. You will not see one single person, not one, not Jay Billis, not anybody from Duke, not anybody in the mainstream media even discuss, discuss whether or not what was said about BYU and their students is true. It's come out that really there's no evidence corroborating the story of the Duke volleyball player, but you will not see it. That's how dishonest everything is. And it's sickening. Nobody, and I mean nobody, saying a word about Hunter Biden, not one single mainstream news media outlet investigating Hunter Biden. Nobody knows who the leaker, the leaker is about Roe v. Wade from the Supreme Court. We don't know that. Well, you do know that. It is somebody on the left. Because were it to be somebody on the right, we all know what would happen. How do we take these news organizations even remotely serious? We don't. We can't. You cannot. But yet here we are. We take them serious enough that I damn near talk about them every day. Isn't it amazing? They searched Barron Trump's room before Hunter Biden's room. Wow. Uh, Dylan, hell of a job today. Thanks to Meg for coming on. Danny Plezak was fantastic. Davey, the rest, everybody involved with OutKick, again, thank you for having me on. I hope everybody goes about their day in a wonderful fashion. You can catch all this action. That's right. All this action, you can catch it at 107.5 The Fan. Uh, on that show, our YouTube channel is still down and our app is down as we switch servers to a new company. But anyway, we'll be back here tomorrow. We'll get you ready for the start of the NFL season. I cannot thank you enough. I really can't. I cannot thank you enough for watching our show, for interacting with our show, and for being here every day. Let's continue to grow it. Do me a favor. Retweet the stuff that we tweet out. Let's grow this bad boy. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow.